This is a flash of pure inspiration. This man is absolutely mainline to pure footballing magic. You're goddamn right. He emasculates them. Yes. Individually. Yeah. Collectively. Feel that, buddy? Huh? It is on fire. Incredible talent, incredible variety, like never seen on any other show before. You people are amazing. We're also down to just two people who understand how to keep time in a soccer game. For fuck's sake, stop saying soccer. No, that's that's like football without pads, right? Let's have some fun. It's football day. Are we on, Carl? We are. Are you sure? Yeah, for the first time, and like this is this is the first time we've missed back to back weeks in the history of our show, I believe. For yeah, for the show, for exactly. So we apologize about that to all of our listeners. Um, We've had a rough we. I've had a rough couple weeks that involved me trying to be a some sort of professional athlete at the age of twenty seven while drinking a whole lot of booze. Um, every day, nonstop, for about two weeks. And since I am no longer in college and like 19 years old, it caught up to me real quick. So we are back now, though. We're back now. Softball's getting up a little bit. We're going to, that schedule's lightening up. Um, my golf schedule is going to be lightening up a little bit. Um, Pelly's softball schedule has lightened up. I think you start off with like two games that first week that we missed. You had two games yeah, that week. Yeah, it was like two weeks, the yeah. first two weeks. Yeah, so we're back. We're back. I can't hear. Speaking to the I don't even know. I don't even know how to use that thing anymore. It's been so long. <laughs> um, but yes, this is Off the Pitch Soccer Talk. Um, today's date is June 2nd, 2016. This will be posted tomorrow, June, June 3rd, 3rd, which would be today for you listening since this is a uh, pre-recorded. pre-recorded show. Um, we should go live. The guy, we should. We should go live ready. soon. I think we're ready. You think we're ready? Well, maybe we'll start going live then. That'll yeah. be a discussion that we have in the very near future. Um, yeah. But yes, the guy on the uh, board over there that I forgot what it looked like, <laughs> I still don't know what all those colors mean. And since I haven't seen it in a it's couple a, weeks, uh, still very confusing, is Carl Badger. Hello. It's a very large cell phone is what that is. Yes. Um, <laughs> Pelly, the Liverpool aficionado is to my right. And I'm your host, J.P. Schnard. Uh, this week we've got our kit number of the week again. Um, we're up to twenty five. We did not plan this well. You, we for off the wagon we did a big or for some the quarter centenario. Ooh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, a little lead in there. Um, but yeah, no, we didn't do anything big for episode twenty five this week because we've all just been out and about. But I think we're due for a big show sometime soon. Amongst us, we'll plan something um, regardless whether we get whether we get to a, together for a game or. Invite in a guest. Um, we'll figure that Strippers out. Strippers in studio. Yes. Most, oh, most definitely. Most definitely. That's going to happen regardless. <laughs> Love to set up and do and do a show from outside of Gillette. It's just I don't think they have another home game that's not at like seven thirty at night until August. Yeah. Yep. No. Gillette. Gillette's getting tough. Um, it's been. They've had three or four home games in a row. The Revs. Um, I didn't get to. I only made one of them. 
I, I went with you a couple weeks ago, right, Pelly? Was I think that was the last yes. one. Was that? Yep. We went. We saw a win um, against the Chicago Fire, I believe. Yeah. Which was good. Which at the time we had seen both of the wins that they had. On the exactly. Season. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no. We're going to take that little segue into what we're going to talk about today. Like I said, we got the kit number of the week, um, number episode twenty-five, which means we're going to give you our best or favorite player to don that number. Um, we're going to do no a um, little bit of club stuff, but more international club stuff. We got no Premier League this week. Uh, season's over. We haven't done our recap show yet. It looks like we're going to be doing that next week. Um, but big Champions League final was this past weekend. Um, interesting storylines in it. We'll discuss and cover that. And tomorrow, or as you guys are listening, today, Copa de America, uh, Copa America Centenario will begin um, the United States opens it up in Santa Clara. Uh, off the top of my head, I have it right here. Off the, they've got Columbia in the first game yep. uh, at twenty one thirty. What the fuck time is that? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock? No. Nine. Nine thirty. I don't. Nine thirty. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yep. So that'll be going on. We'll and I think that's gonna be the majority of our show today. We're gonna do our pickums from the. Uh, crew here, figure it out, and we'll be up to date with that throughout the uh, Copa America tournament. Like I said, next week, if you're looking for your Euro 2016, that's going to dominate next week. Next week, I think we're going to have a real big show between the Premier League uh, season wrap-up that we haven't gotten to yet and the Euros kicking off. Um, So, yeah, we got a lot... A lot of fun things to talk about in the next two weeks. Uh, we hope you enjoy it and hit us up at OTP Soccer Talk with any of your ideas of on topics, or if you want to talk about what we're already talking about, get your ideas out there. Like I said, at OTP Soccer Talk. Um, I think I did all my plugs. I think so. I think you hit them I, all. I, I think you plugged it all. I plugged it all. <laughs> I, I plugged it all. Wow, haven't done that in a while. Um, after <laughs> a little bit of a break night. too, I'm on my game. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a good show. Um, but we're gonna start with our kit number of the week. Number 25, um, I feel like w- Carl, yeah. I feel like at some point here, I know I've been hassling you about a new intro for Off the Pitch, Yeah. Um, but I feel like we should get a kit number of the week, like, Ooh, entrance know, bad, We do yeah. it every week, you know, we, we'll, I, that just came up on my head, so we'll, we'll talk about that after yeah. the show, I mean, we, we can see what we can do. We'll work that out. Um, but yes, this week, episode 25, which means we have... A player who has donned the number 25 kit at one point in their career. And it is Jermaine Defoe. Uh, he wore 25 for Tottenham. Currently, Pelly, you said he's at Sunderland wearing 18. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. that is correct. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> worn 18 for a majority of his career, but yep. he did wear 25 at one point. Um, but yes, uh, we were talking about before the show, um, if he's not in the top 10 yet, um, he's right on the cusp of becoming a top 10 all-time Premier League goal scorer. Um, he has scored 182 goals in his 495 appearances between Bournemouth, West Ham, Tottenham, uh, Portsmouth, Toronto, and Sunderland. Obviously, the Toronto goals were not in the Premier League, so his Premier League totals are down by... Oh, he did not score 47 goals for Toronto. Don't give me that fakeness. Oh, uh, 11, 11. 11 and 19. 11 and 19. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, he's been somebody who we've been able to see in our soccer fandom uh, through the majority of his um, prime and his career. He's only 33 years old now. He's got a lot of time left in him. Uh, in my opinion, he'll probably make an appearance back in MLS in a c- 
another year or two. I'll probably retire out here, make a nice little paycheck to re- to legitimately retire off of. I'm not that he needs it. But um, very good striker. Uh, got some international appearances. He has a World Cup goal in 2010. In the 2010 World Cup, I want to say it was against Italy. Ooh. No. I can look that up. Do you know it? If it was in 20, I have it right 2010, here. it would have been the U.S. Oh, no, Slovenia. 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 Yeah. Or uh, Algeria, I think, was the other one that was in that yep. group. Um, yeah, just good good all-around player. He's more of a littler guy. He doesn't uh, necessarily go after it with his head, um, but he's got good ball skills. Uh, doesn't need to pass too much. Mostly, Most of the balls are coming into him so he can uh, do his work and whatever he needs to do to score. He's a very accurate ball striker, in my opinion. He doesn't have the heaviest shot, um, and that leads to when he does need to pass. He's a very accurate passer. He's He's got a very good touch with his foot when it comes to getting the ball out of him, like I said, either towards goal or to a fellow defender. Um, Pelly, anything you want to add on him before I go through his list of honors? Fun fact, he is the all-time leading goal scorer in the Premiership history with goals off of the bench as a substitute. Really? Number oh, that's one, pretty nifty. Number one all Super time. sub, if you will. Super sub, indeed. Yeah. I, we needed one of those. Yeah. <laughs> we do not have a super sub. And now yet. we have a super sub. Um, sponsored by Blimpy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, uh, he's an interesting one for me because I feel like he's never been one of those strikers where, regardless of how productive he's been, all of the teams that he's had have always looked to replace him. Yeah. <laughs> he's never been that guy where you've been like, oh, well, they have Jermaine Defoe. Don't worry about it. They're going to be all set with a striker position. So constantly it feels like everyone's trying to improve upon him, but this guy is all about production. Everywhere he's been, he's scored goals in, in some capacity or another, whether it's been as the number one at Tottenham earlier on in his career or Bournemouth or Portsmouth or when he's kind of come off the bench and what he's done with uh, Sunderland more recently and ta- Tottenham towards the end of his uh, run with them. Uh, one of those guys that I think when we look back at the premiership in you know in total over the last you know 20 30 years since the uh, the inception of the the Barclays premiership um, he's gonna be one of those guys that you have to mention one of the great goal scorers of of this time frame um, like I said unfortunately not not a guy who's gonna have a ton of highlights you know has, has a few good goals here and there but he's one of those guys he's just one of those always hanging around the net always seems to find the back of the net the, the thing with me that is difficult about his career is he's been on a lot of and this isn't his fault but he's been on a lot of crap teams um he has played in the champions Tottenham League. fans would find that very offensive well Tottenham's crap uh we are not a Tottenham show so if this is your first time Tottenham fans go find a different one um the rest <laughs> same thing with Chelsea fans you can all go screw too um speaking of which <laughs> our uh, number two for tonight was going to be Gianfranco Zola I know. however we could we do not allow Chelsea we, we, ha- we hate Chelsea on. yeah so <laughs> we we had to go with the next best option um but he but he's always the best player on those teams um and like I said he's got a lot of experience he played in the Champions League with Tottenham yep. um he knows he's a very witty player he knows what to do in every situation um it's a shame that he's never been able to get on one of those big time premier clubs to really make a run in a trophy and see what he does in uh FA Cup final which he hasn't won yeah. or a League Cup final I don't think he's made it to either of those actually um, I don't believe so. No. So Tottenham never wins the league. This isn't a Tottenham bash here. They're always right up there, but they never win the league. 
So he hasn't had those big games to really go off and shine and make a name for himself. And I think that's partially why he often gets overlooked as one of the better 10, ooh, 10 strikers, at least in the premiership, if not in Europe when it comes to strictly production numbers. Um, yep. Individually, he won the Tottenham Hotspur Player of the Year in 2004. Uh, he has been the Premier League Player of the Month uh, multiple times, most recently in August 2009. Um, he had the Tottenham's Moment of the Year in 2009-2010 when he scored five goals against the Wigan Athletic, which is a feat in itself. And he has had a Premier League Goal of the Year. So not too much in the list of credentials there, but they're all goal-oriented. Like I said, the man knows how to put the rock in the back of the net. You know, <laughs> and he does, and he does it more often Smith than people says, give him credit for. His most famed phrase: "He knows how to bulge the baggie." Yes, <laughs> yes, um, but yes, no. That is our kid number of the week. Next episode, which will be next week, we discuss this pre-show. We will have an episode next week. We are off the, this hiatus that we have been on. Um, next week will be kit number twenty-six. Thank God. <laughs> Pelly sarcastic face there. Told it all. <laughs> um, but yes, next week will be kit number twenty-six. We'll have a nice fresh kit for you hopefully a new position from a different country and a different team that we haven't gotten before uh but we're starting to run thin here i thought that was going to be real nice gotten all the way up to 100 and we're starting to get i saw martin skirtle up there for 37 and we got to find somebody better than that i might have to go to the natick high jv team and see who wears 37 for them <laughs> it's gotta be a girl who wore 37 somewhere <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> true um skirts we get our get to our transfer show. He could be on his way to another uh, uh, yeah, favorite of yours. By yeah. the way, I've heard. Oh, really? Yes, Ooh. yes. Bytha? No. Mo- oh God, no. He'd never make that team. Um, <laughs> I was just he might make he might make the Barcelona B team. No, the big story with uh, Martin Skrtel, and this is only because you threw it out there. Middlesbrough, looking at. Ooh, him. I would love that. I would love me some Skrtel in that such in that skirts, situation. skirts in Middlesbrough. Um, but yeah, no. Like I said, we got. We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about before the show. Uh, transfer window has not opened yet, I don't think. No, but there have been some confirmed uh, yep. transfers. Yep, that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. A, a huge one for Arsenal. I don't know if you're privy to that one, but I don't know. I've, huge... been, I've been privy to being drunk and playing <laughs> softball and bad golf recently. That's about all Massive I Massive transfer for them that uh, went through and should, Can- ha- should help them immensely in the midfield. Kianes. Hmm? Who is it? If you're gonna if you're gonna tease it, you have to do it. I can't let you get by with that. Granite Jaka from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Really? Yeah, he'll be coming over uh, soon, officially coming over as soon as the window, window opens, up. opens up. But he will be coming to Arsenal. Nice. I love but it. But the question is, who does he replace? That's going to be the big thing. Possibly a sale of Santi Cazorla, or Ooh. maybe they're just expecting to Jack Wilshere to just crap his pants and break well, his legs. Well, he leg. generally does break his legs, so more, I, I like the insurance. More often than not. <laughs> but we'll, we'll discuss that more in our transfer show coming up in a couple of weeks, whenever that may be. Because um, now I know if we keep going, Pelly, I'm not trying to cut you off. If we keep going, now we're going to get sidetracked. We're not going to get to our topics I, I, of the I, night. Which, number one is, there was a big Champions League final this past week. Yes. All Madrid final. Um, very good game. Very good game to watch. I caught all the second half. I caught all of extra t- time. I caught all PKs. Um, I watched most of the first half. Luckily, I didn't see the Real goal, um, which ended up not making a difference in the end because I need to take this hat off. Because Real did end up winning um, 5-4 in PKs with Cristiano Ronaldo taking the last penalty kick and winning it. Um, before we get to... The penalty kicks or anything else, takeaways from the game here, Pelly. Um, 
Did you watch it? Did you see anything about yeah, it? Yeah, I saw the last maybe 15 or so minutes. Um, it was shortly after after uh, Atleti tied it back up. Um, yeah, I, a lot of people that I've heard and, and read um, have said that Atleti was probably the better team in, in terms of the, the full nine or the full 120, I should say. Um, I saw towards the end of the match, I honestly couldn't tell the difference between the two. I thought they were both very conservative. I think both of them were playing for PKs, which I thought was a huge mistake for Atletico Madrid. Um, for them not to put one through in that extra time, they had, and they had a few good opportunities. Um, for them not to put it in, I at that time said, you know what, Real Madrid has the skill guys who are going to be able to put away the, the, the penalty kicks. And when it came to those PKs, I said... I don't even want to watch him. I could have turned it off at that moment and known exactly what was going to go down. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Atletico Madrid, who now I believe this is the third um, the third European final that they've now coughed up without a win, it's really unfortunate because that was a team who I think really had everything they needed in order to be able to bring it home this year. Diego Simeone, I rank him as probably one of the top three or four managers in the world right now. Um, any team would be delighted to have him as their manager, you know, building up their team. Their roster has talent in every layer of the pitch, whether it's defensively in the attack or in the midfield or even at goalkeeper at that for, for that matter. And I don't know how many more chances they're going to have at this because I think, you know, you lose two finals in three years. You're almost getting into that Jurgen Klopp territory, not to bash on, you know, my guy, but you're getting into that territory where now you're starting to, as Diego Simeone, from his perspective, start to question yourself. You know, am I at a team that I can possibly do this with? And he's, is he going to eventually say, you know what, Manchester United two years from now or Arsenal a few years from now, they're going to offer up. And these are guys who have been able to get there and finish the job. You know, is that going to be something that creeps into his mind? And I think that's what Atletico Madrid needs to start to be a little worried about because you're for the last two under Simeone and I mean for as talented as this team is for as much as we've seen them do both in La Liga and in Champions League even probably more so in Champions League you're at a crossroads here you kind of have to make something happen and this team's coming back pretty much as the same as it was a year ago you know maybe they'll add a piece or two but this was a huge opportunity lost for them and I feel they're on shaky ground they're on very shaky ground after this final um but like I said, ultimately for the game, I only saw the last fifteen or so minutes. Well, last fifteen or so minutes of regular time, and then into um, extra time. And I thought it was you had two very tired teams out there. That's what I saw. Both teams had a couple of opportunities, but nothing that was was really send it home and, and and whatever. But I was disappointed at Letty. I thought that was their opportunity to to finally you know put one up, put a banner up, if you would. And uh, they kind of let it slip through their fingers for me. Yeah. No. Um. I. I agree that Atletico definitely, after, it was weird. Usually when a team gives up an early goal, they kind of get back into a shell yeah. and say, let's not give up anything here for a while, and then we'll start attacking. Right. Atleti gave up that goal, and that almost settled them down. Okay, they knew what they needed to do, and they did dominate play for the rest of that first half, um, all the way through the second half. What I think what ended up happening is when Carrasco scored that goal, I believe it was on the 79th minute, right yeah, around there. That range. Um, they almost backed off and said, okay, well, now now we're playing for PKs. Mm-hmm. And Real was tired. You could t- you could tell they were tired. And in that situation, I believe at that time, too, Real used all three of their subs, and Atletico yes. had, hadn't used one yet. 
Correct. So now, now I'm not saying make this big, great switch here and bring in three strikers for three defenders and go all out. Well, actually, no. I, I'm sorry. Carrasco was one of their substitutes. <coughs> he may have been the first one. Carrasco was the first one right at the beginning. Of, yes, Carrasco was the first one right at the beginning of the second half. Yeah. Um, but well, they, I think they had at least at least one. They had two, two left because the their other two subs came in the second extra time. half of extra time. Yeah. So you have a move. You have a opportunity here to put one up. Now you got a tired squad going against you. You don't have to use both subs. Use one of them. Put another fresh-legged body out there with some skill and see what they can put in yeah. in the last ten minutes. So really pressure. That's what I want to see him do. And like I said, if you picked it up right with fifteen minutes ago in regular time, you saw the goal and they did back off. And I think that was Atletico's problem. I think that they were almost happy to be there and happy to take their chances in PKs, which if you're the underdog, you, I don't subscribe to that in sports as the underdog. Let's play for the tie. Yeah. You've got the opportunity. When you're tied up, you've got the opportunity to win the game. In hockey, well, you don't take your one point. You know what I mean? You can't. Well, there aren't really ties in any sports anymore. Right. But in soccer, you're tied. Make the press. Make it's, the press and try to get it. Especially against if you go a Real Madrid time, squad who was clearly gassed yep. and was probably the weaker of the two squads after they scored that first goal. So yep. if you're in control, why not go for it? I was just very disappointed with that. I don't know if it was Simeone or I don't know if it was if the it, players who kind of pulled back. Yeah, no, lot, I, I don't it was, know. If, if, I, good. Lace, I can understand if all, the si- all of a sudden you get an extra time and you say, okay, hey, you know what? Let's take our chances here in PKs. But you have 10 minutes left of regulation that you don't even have to deal with extra time if, if you put one in the back of the net. You control your own fate at that point. You have Real on your on their heels, and they just let off the gas. And like I said, seem very very content going into PKs. And that's not the mentality I like to see of any team. Like I said, now there's only two sports. Yeah. Now well, hockey, you don't get the ties and where they have a shootout, but where you get the point out of it. Right. Um. I. That's a difficult thing for me to subscribe to as a fan of any team. You. As you, it's one thing if you're the favorite, I say, you know what, dude, off day, take your point, you know, no need to push, let's get out of here unscathed. Um, not in a final. Not not in a final, and not when you're the underdog, you have to be the aggressor, and they didn't, they didn't do it after they tied up the game. In terms of regular time, the one thing that I do want to bring to attention is uh, Antoine Griezmann missing the PK. Um, it was, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, his miss... That, for me, may go down as one of those big moments for him because this is a player who has probably over the last two or three years really started to entrench himself as Wait, do you- one of the top uh, striker-slash-attacking players out there in the world. Um, a guy for France who I think could be primed to having one of the biggest uh, Euros out there, which, unfortunately, we're not talking about today. But um, certainly a player who I rate very, very highly. And... Missing a PK like that, I mean, he came back and scored his PK in in, in the actual PK shootout, but mm-hmm. missing an opportunity to put one away as early as it was, which I want to say was right in the beginning of the second half, yep. not being able to put that away, I think ultimately that may have been a little bit of a mental switch for, for Atleti that... We, well, you know, our best player probably over our, the last you know five years right. wasn't able to put one away. And I think that may have been in the back of their mind after that happened. And I thought that was a little bit, it was a little bit telling. I think even from from a being a um, a spectator of the match, it was a little bit telling. Of okay, 
Atleti's the better team. They're not putting the ball in the back of the net from the spot. Like, what are we talking about here? It seems like we're, you know, we're watching history again going exactly the same way that it did two years ago. So that was certainly something that caught my eye and, and definitely uh, bothered me about this match for sure. Yep. Now, I'm going to go to PKs real quick. Sure. Um, in, this, in this situation, I understand Real's a more skilled team. Atletico has skilled players of their own. But, I mean, when you're looking at uh, Gareth Bale, Sergio Ramos, and Cristiano Ronaldo ending it, I mean, that's tough to beat. And I was actually very interested in... I would have flipped him as a manager. I would have said, I need my goals now and hope that they miss early. Yeah. Um, they backloaded it. Uh, they, I believe Chelsea did that last time they won the FA Cup against Liverpool, not bringing up bad things, to, but putting Drogba last. Um, I wonder if that's something that... Do you give Cristiano Ronaldo his Champions League moment? Um I, I I don't know. No, <laughs> I, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I I I wouldn't either. I'm trying to win the game. Um, it worked out for him. Juan Fran. The thing that kills me about that PK is as a goalie didn't stop the ball. I hate. Yeah, I I hate any penalty kick, regardless of whether during the game or in PKs where the keeper doesn't stop it. You have to put the ball on net yeah. every time. If the keeper guesses the right way and gets his hand on it, you were beat. Yep. You can't hit the post. You can't hit the post. And Juan Fran maybe deserves blame for the whole game. Maybe not. Because yeah. uh, you never know what come, what happens after. But that's a difficult one. you got to put the ball on net. The penalties were really interesting for me to watch. Because I thought Atletico was much more difficult to kind of figure out where they were going. Let's be honest, Real Madrid put the first four in the exact same spot. You yep. would have thought that Jan Oblak at one point in time would have said, you know what, they put two in a row in the exact same bottom left-hand corner. I, well, the one the one front, well, the one the one front missed, he guessed the right way that same spot. He just got beat. Yep. And I, I hate seeing balls go off the post, like I just said. I think if he did sneak that in the post, I think it was going to be stopped. He was all over that. That just missed his fingertips. For Kaylor Navas? Yes. Our goalkeeper? Yeah. Yes. Not, well, I, I didn't think Navas did all that well in the, in the PK shootout, who is a guy who, with Costa Rica, once we get to them, um, has been fantastic in, in PK shootouts and has been very, very good at being able to guess you know, which side he's supposed to go and, and so on and so forth. Not quite Simone Mignole, but... Um, <laughs> But I didn't think he, I thought they had him really off, you know, really off. I thought they did very, very good through those those first four uh, PKs, and then, and then you have the fifth one with, with Juan Fran, and he misses that. You know, it was just a case where you had guys who, let's be honest, of the five guys that you saw Real Madrid send up there for any international team or any other team that they they're play taking, for, they're, they're taking it. As they're the, their number, the one, number one, no the question. number one PK, exactly. Except for maybe. Marcello with Brazil because they've got Neymar. He might be, but I mean, he's but he's right up there too. But, yeah, but, he but he's number them. two. Exactly, not, he can take him. It's fantastic not like, left foot. Yep. Yeah, it's and not I, like he's some scrub up there. And he's, then you look at you look at Atletico. Watford doesn't even play for the Spanish national team, right? Or he has, but it's it. He's not even a stalwart on that right side. Yep. So what are we really talking about here? You know. Yep. No, I, and least I'm just looking at it again. They sent out Grace McGabby and Saul first, and just looking at the way the PKs were thrown out there, Atletico made, clearly made it top-heavy. 
and Real clearly made it bottom heavy. Who did, uh, out of curiosity, who did Atleti not have kick? Do you know? Who, for those that were eligible at the time? At those who, so Oblock obviously didn't kick. Yes. Juan Fran White, right back, he missed. Uh, Savage, Godin. No. no. Um, Thomas Party, uh, Carrasco, who scored earlier in the game. But was hurt. Uh, Lucas Hernandez. Okay. Um, Saul, Saul took one. Yep, Ningus. Gabby took one. Yep. Um, Koke, they pulled... Oh, <coughs> Fernando Torres. That's who we're missing. So how do you not have Fernando Torres going? Now, Fernando Torres did not have a good... It, and real quick on that, I was going to move to this after. This is actually a good segue. Yep. He didn't take it. Um, I still think you had to have... Fernando Torres in that lineup. Maybe he's your fifth. Yeah, Juan he probably Fran, would have been taking the he, last one. He there, probably yeah. will never know because we don't get to see the card. Um, he was probably your last kick taker. If he wasn't, then Simeone, Simeone screwed up royally. Yeah. You, you need to be in that five. Um, but to me, Fernando Torres looked old. It, it looked like it was his well, last run. I know he is old, <laughs> but it, all, all of a sudden, now it's, you can tell it started catching up to him. Yeah. Um, he took a yellow card early... In the second half, I want to say the 60th minute, 61st minute. Um, and there was a lazy, lazy tackle. I can't get there. I've yeah. got to take him down. And it's like, you're in a Champions League final. Either A find, or B. Find the energy. Right. It's either A, you're lazy. Find the energy. Well put. Or B, you just don't have it. And that's the only thing you can do. And he looked old, which I'm a big Fernando Torres guy, personally. Um but he's getting old, and it's that's kind of a shame. Torres, Torres. <laughs> um, so real quick before we move on to the next tournament starting tomorrow uh, for us today, for all of you listening, um, what do we think of this Champions League season as a whole? Um, uh, good. Good, not great. I think, um, unfortunately, you had a Barcelona team that was probably the strongest team in the tournament uh, knocked out. Um, which, I mean, depending on if you're a, f- a favorite of the underdog, if you're a favorite of, um, you know, the favorite winning any given tournament, I personally tend to lie on the side of I want to see versatility. I want to see, you know, a team that's willing to score, willing to do some things that you wouldn't normally see otherwise. And Barcelona, for me, was a team that I really wanted to see in this final. I thought Barcelona versus Bayern would have been the best final that we could have asked for. And long and behold, those were what two of the last eight teams that were in the, in the tournament. Yep. Um, you know, great for England to see them get back into at least the semifinal with Man City. It was nice to see them get there. I don't think they were a top four team in this tournament, but it was nice to see them do a little bit. Saw a couple of great upsets, seeing uh, Genk get into the round of 16. You saw Wolfsburg get into, I believe, the quarterfinals, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Benefica, you know, a couple of different teams that you don't typically equate to being a knockout round Champions League squads. Um, so it was nice to see that, but I think the Champions League is in dire need of the English Premiership getting back in there and having a team that is consistently threatening, if not multiple teams. Consistently well, Man threatening. City made it deep, and this is first. I'm going to say, well, yeah, Spain- what did you have? Chelsea, Arsenal, both go out in the round of sixteen. You had yep. Man U fall out in the group stage. The group stage. And, and Man City it. made that's it to a yeah, quarter. So you had, yeah, so you had or semis. The semis. So, yeah, yes. so you had four teams in only one of which was able to advance past the round yep. of 16. So 
I think that uh, from my perspective, because obviously we are um, uh, EPL fans above most else, and I think with with them not having a dominating team to get in there and challenge the likes of Real Madrid, challenge the likes of Bayern Munich, to challenge the likes of, of Barcelona, this seems to be something missing. Right. It just feels like where you know we've now seen two of the last finals have been all Madrid finals for for the for right. lack of better conversation, and you had Barcelona in the other final. They've had one team outside well, of Spain make it to the and final. That, and for what, me, that's just not good enough. My my number one takeaway is the Spanish league now is the best. Everybody says the Premiership is the best league in the world, top to bottom. Yeah, one through. No, I don't. No, I don't watch every league one through twenty, so I don't know the competition between them. Yeah, but it is very clear and defined now, in my opinion, that the best football teams come out of Spain. Yes. If you want to make yourself a name and you want to be a club in the European Champions League circuit. You have to go through Spain in some form of Madrid or Barcelona. Agreed. Sevilla, at, arguably at, too. Yeah, so they, yep. Sevilla, arguably too. With their what they did in the uh, Euro League. Yes. So if you're in either competition here, the best clubs are coming out of Spain. Yep. Is a twentieth best club as good as the twentieth Premier League club? Maybe not, but that is by far the best league and. I don't see this changing in the near future. Um, I thought it would change a little bit this year if Barcelona won because now that squad would have won back-to-back. And I think the players would have been like, okay, are we really just going to keep winning Champions Leagues and leagues at the same team doing this? Maybe they split up and have their own goals. Barcelona is my pick to win it next year. Yeah. Because <laughs> because now they're going to come back with a hair across their ass. And, and, say, and their uh, transfer uh, ban has been lifted. So this summer they'll be able to go back and start buying again. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, they they are as lock of a win, I think, next year as you can get. And that's not be, me being a Barcelona fan. That's me being realistic about what the possibilities are with them next year. Yep. The other thing that I'm taking away from this Champions League season is this might have been the last big run for Man City and the last big run for PSG. We already know Zlatan's out of PSG. I'm a big PSG fan. I'm a big Man City fan. Um, Those clubs are getting old. They're going to be cycling through players here in the next two, three years. I think within their... I mean, PSG has ran away with the French League the past four or five years handily. Handily. They don't stand a chance of losing... They can lose Zlatan, they can lose their other two, three best players, and they're going to be fine. Um, but when it comes to European Champions League soccer, they're not going to be the threat that they were. They missed their opportunity. Man City, old, they're going to have a cycling of players here. They have missed their best chances at Champions League glory. Um, so I think now I'm curious to see with those te- two teams... Out of it, in my opinion, for the next two, three years on, who's going to be that breakout team that gets there mm-hmm. or wins outside of the Bayerns or the Madrids or the Barcelonas? I'm curious to see, A, which league they come out of. Is it Germany? Does England reassert itself and get into one of those play? I know Man City's an English team, but Man City, in my opinion, is a lesser. I know they beat PSG too, but they were the lesser of the two 
intriguing clubs to me. Yeah. So who, if you want to use England, gets one of them. Who's going to replace Man City? Is that okay? We're going to the quarterfinals and the semifinals, and we're going to break through. And who replaces PSG? Mm-hmm. On like I said, they're going to be there, but they're not going to be that threat that they were. Does Germany get it? Now all of a sudden, do you see a fourth Spanish team take it? That's a very inter- does, like I said. Does England get two now? Yeah. Um, I, that, that's what it comes down to. I'll me. be honest. I, I think I disagree a little bit with you. I think PSG, because of the fact they play in such a weak French league, uh, in well, comparison I, yes. to what's, what yes. what else is out there, they're, they can they lose Laton and their next three, four best players, right? And, and they're still going to crank through exactly that French schedule. And I think with that, they can kind of play a certain way that they don't have to worry about the situation. Um, from a a league perspective, they can kind of they're going to run through regardless, so they don't have to worry about those matches, you know, in the early on in the season about you know building a huge lead uh, when it comes to the league. So for them, and on top of that, they've got the money. They, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about them. There's talk today that they were going to sign Philippe Coutinho to cover for um, Ezekiel Lavesi to come in and, and play off of the right side, and you know, I. I just don't worry about them too much. There's too much money in that team, and they're just too—they've done too much of a role in, in a league that is too conducive for them not to do well. Are they going to be a semifinal team? I don't know. Are they still a quarterfinal team? I wouldn't be shocked. See, I—I I think that they're going to have. Like I said, I know they're going to be there. I don't think they're that next team knocking on the door, like I said, behind Bayern. No, but I think that giving them two, three years reload here. Then they're going to be right back in the picture. I don't think they can be back in the first. I don't think they're going to win it, but I also don't think they were going to win it. Regardless, anytime, yeah, anytime recently. Man City, I think, is a very interesting team. They got back into Champions League after a a rough year in the Premiership this year. They did fantastic, the best run that they've ever had in Champions League, and now they get to add possibly the best manager in the world with Pep Guardiola. What he does to that squad this summer is going to be. Very, very, and Pep's very had intriguing. The Barcelona's, he the has. Bayern's, exactly, who go and win tight, win Champions League titles, exactly. Every year, now he's you have, been in there. You have a manager pedigree with a very solid core of young talent. Yeah, he's going to have to figure out what he's going to do with guys like Yaya Torre, guys like Vincent Kompany, guys like Bakary Sanya, maybe even Joe Hart. <coughs> But I think he's got a pretty good core there that he can take this team and say, okay, I want to add pieces X, Y, and Z. Well, De Bruyne is And nasty. bring it to the net. Yes. De Bruyne. De Sergio De Bruyne, Aguero. Oh, I love myself some Kuhn. Some Kuhn Aguero. I love myself some Kuhn. Um, and that rhymes with Poon, which makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got a very, very good team there. I think he's going to look at that team and say, what do I need to do? I don't think they're going to be a team to beat next year. But I think two years from now, that's going to be a very, very difficult task for other teams to be able to take them down, especially in Champions League. Because we know Guardiola knows how to you know, find his way through that, uh, that tournament. Yep. And this is my last point on it is this isn't a takeaway, but you brought it up, Pelly. This is the first Champions League season that I've watched. I've watched probably about five, six of them yep. closely. Um, where you like you said, you had the Gents, you had the Wolf Wolfsburgs, the teams that in soccer just they don't have no salary cap, it doesn't matter, throw the most amount of money at the best players and put the best team out there. And this year you had two clubs get into the knockout stage win around yet another one go to i think wolfsburg went to the semis right no 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 the quarters so you had one win one round another one win two rounds um i I liked that i like i liked that okay now 
maybe there's enough money out there. I don't know whether the talent's up around the world. I don't know if there's enough money to bring good talent to other places. Um, but I like the fact that you had a couple shockers and because it seems like you get the one shocker every year. Yeah. Oh, how'd they get out of the group? And then they get... Shaktardon-esque. And they, right. They, they're the premier we get out of our group and then get smoked by Bayern. Yeah. You know, it happens every year. Or, yeah, oh, we got out of the group and we get smoked by Real. Because now you're playing a real team in two legs, the best team comes out of it, and you aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, this year you had two teams that, going into it, I didn't think had the pedigree as a Shakhtar Donetsk. And they made it farther than Shakhtar's on the past couple of years. So I was impressed with those two teams, and I hope that continues. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want a whole bunch of no-names in the round of 16 mm-hmm. teams that I don't care about. But all of a sudden, it made it interesting that, wow, Wolfsburg, they can, they've won a round. They can knock off whoever they played in the quarterfinals when, when it happened off the top of my head. I don't remember. Yeah. But it, very, very interesting. I like that, and I hope that continues in the world of uh, football. Any other Champions League thoughts? Before we move on to, I need to get a pen and paper for this soon, too, because we're going to do... Pelly's formula here for the World Cup in college for Copa de America Centenario, um, which begins tomorrow or today for you listeners. Um, We have four groups, and we've got we're gonna this this is how we're gonna go. We're gonna go around the table. We'll we'll start with overall what do we think is gonna happen in the tournament, which teams watch out for this, that, the other thing. Then we're gonna end it with we're gonna go around the table. Which two teams get out of the groups? Knockout rounds, straight to the final, just like the NCAA bracket. You get one point for getting out of the group. You get two points for a round of 16 win, four points, so on and so forth, to the final. Um, And we will do that live on air for all of you listeners. So you can agree, disagree, and hit us up on Twitter at OTP Soccer Talk and tell us whether you think we're right or wrong. So, Copa America Centenario all played in America. That's the first time this happened this year. Um, United States or America. Yes, true. True. Fair. The real Fuck America. you, Kelly. <laughs> uh, you don't wear pads? <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, any before we get into the actual bracket here, is there anything we're particularly excited about um, with Copa de America? Um, this year, any teams stick out, any players you want to see? Um, so, f- so, anything that I haven't mentioned that you would like to say? Hey, look, check this out. Yeah, my thing. I you know you're looking at a Concacaf region that has been the little brother forever. To be totally honest, when it comes to world football, forever, not, forever. No, you said that very lightly. No, forever, <laughs> forever, and. With that, I think you're starting to see some of these CONCACAF teams finding ways to kind of level the playing field a little bit. You've seen the United States beat um, you know, teams in South America. You, they beat the bejesus out of uh, Bolivia the other day, yep. who... You know, yeah, they're not one of the top teams down in South America, but, you know, they have a solid squad. 20 years, years ago, Bolivia would work over the United exactly. States nine out of ten times. Exactly. You got Mexico, who has been in the round of 16, you know, I think the last three World Cups consecutively now. You've got Costa Rica, who is in the quarterfinals in this last um, World Cup. Last World Cup. Um, you know, 
outside of that, yeah, you're going to have a couple of teams that you're kind of you know laughing at a little bit when it comes to Jamaica, when it comes to Haiti, Haiti. And, and teams like that. But um, regardless, I mean, to see these teams playing against some of the South American best, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I want to see if maybe we do have one or two teams from CONCACAF find their way into the semifinals here. And if they can do that, I mean level the playing field a little bit even even more when it comes to these these South American can't I believe it's Conumball Conmabol Conmabol Condom Conmabol Con- the Condom Bowl <laughs> sponsored by Trojan um, yeah but being able to beat some of those teams I think that's can they do it can they show that they're they're worthy to be on the same pitch as them and that, that's what I'm really looking forward to no I agree particularly with Mexico and the U.S. um I love watching U.S. men's national team soccer, and now this is a tournament where we were talking about before the show. They're gonna it looks like they're gonna be doing this for years now, directly competing with the UEFA Euros, which we'll discuss next week. But now you got if you're gonna compete with them, those are the best. That's the best uh, region in the world. What? Uh, not faction, confederation. Thank you. Yes, confederation. Jesus, yes, that that one. Um, that's the best confederation in the world, and one th- you can have a 32-team tournament out there, and it would be just as good as a World Cup. So now they're going to be directly competing against them. I'm very curious to see, can you, can you guys, can the USA and Mexico do it against South America, and can South America do it, and both Americas, if you will, do it as a whole against Europe? Can right. we make this now, can this become a soccer hotbed just now, I know it's two continents and not one, but can this be a, just as big as Europe? I'm very interested to see that. Um, my other thing, very local tie here. Foxborough will have three games. Um, I'm going to try to get to one. I think we've talked about going. Tickets are very, very expensive. Um, but if we can get to one, if not, I'm very curious to see what the local reaction to is to having international soccer, not Team USA. Team USA will ha- hasn't. No chance of playing here. Yeah. Um, but I'm very curious to see local reaction. We're right here in Natick. A lot of people in Framingham. Brazil does play here. It looks like the quarterfinals is probably going to have Argentina, assuming they win their group. So you can get Leo Messi in here. Um, if Mexico kind of screws up their groups, their group, I believe that's going to be a Mexico-Argentina quarterfinal when we get into that. That's a big international game. Yeah. Mexico-Argentina, if, that, if it works out that way, in Europe... That's a very big international game to watch. Um, and it's going to be held right here in Foxborough. And like I said, I'm very interested to see how local media covers it. I'm very interested to see how my peers take it in, if anybody goes. Or if it's just, pardon my language to our Brazilian listeners in Framingham, whether it's a bunch of Brazilians going down for the Brazil game and right. just hooting and hollering and clogging up the streets of 135. I want to see if the Americans in this area can support and accept a international soccer tournament that does not have the home country represented. So that's what I'm really excited to see about this. Um, Carl, anything you're excited about uh, other than winning the bracket? Because you seem to be uh, a bracket guru when yeah. it comes to oh, your yeah. first brackets. And this is your first off-the-pitch bracket. This is. This is so my first Copa Day. I'm, I'm going to assume that you're going to win because you win everything the first time because you got beginner's luck. But before <laughs> that happens, anything else, that, anything that you're interested in? Watching USA get their fucking ass. Ooh, wow. Their, uh, their ass smack. Easy, pal. But, really? Uh, yeah. You can say fuck. We all say fuck. I'm trying not to. Oh, yeah. This is supposed to be the family-friendly show. Well, in the general. The fucking family-friendly show. In general. <laughs> but, yeah. 
I'm, I'm excited to watch USA get smacked around by somewhere like Paraguay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. All righty. Well, now we're going to get into the bracket challenge. Um, gotta, Pelly has I a gotta, pen. I got a pen with no paper. How about this? Got paper. We didn't plan this out beforehand. We were too busy trying to get drunk again. He brought his notepad. Why are the pages so sticky? <laughs> Porn. <laughs> Alrighty. So we're gonna go. I'll lead with Group A. My thoughts, opinions. Group B will go to the left. We'll we'll all do Group A, but we'll go work from me starting in Group A. To the left around, so Carl will start Group B. Pelly, you will start Group C. And cool. then we'll just keep going. Perfect. Group A consists of the United States, Colombia, Costa Rica, and Paraguay. I'm going to start. I think the USA gets through. The whole tournament's at home. Um, but this is the group of death to me in this in this tournament. you got three very good teams. Paraguay is good in their own right. They are not the caliber of the USA, Colombia, and Costa Rica. So, unfortunately, Paraguay is going to be that team out for me. Um, Costa Rica and Colombia is very, very interesting to me because Colombia is on the up-and-coming since the Pablo Escobar. They haven't been this good since the Pablo Escobar days of the early 90s. Um, And back then, they blew it. I don't know if they're quite that good yet. It might take them another cycle of international tournaments to get to that level of play again. Um, Costa Rica, like Pelly said, went to a World Cup quarterfinal, the last World Cup. They got a very veteran squad who have never really won a big trophy. They're Costa Rica. I think that they have in their head that they can hang with the big boys. I'm going to pick Costa Rica coming in second place in the group. And the, I don't know, you know what? Last minute change. I have Costa Rica coming in first place in the group. The United States coming in second in the group. Like I said, the only reason, in my opinion, the U.S. gets through this, if this was held in a different country, I don't think the U.S. gets out. Um, But since they've got the home field advantage, I think they work their way um, through this group. Right. Uh, Carl, any picks? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go Columbia getting through first place with uh, USA coming in second. I think you make a good point with... um, you know, with the fact that if this was in a different country, USA probably wouldn't get out. I think I think that it's a good point that they'll probably push harder since they're, you know, at home, if yep. you will. Uh, and I think Colombia has something to prove. Yep, I think they're good enough. Like I said, they're up and they're on the up and come. I like them. It's just I don't like them this particular tournament for whatever reason. Yeah, and the battle is on. <laughs> I'm going to... Pelly's going to pick Paraguay and Costa Rica, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just going to reiterate what uh, Carl said there. Colombia and uh, the U.S. I mean, you take a look at some of the teams within the group. I think one of the biggest things that is going to have to be watched for the U.S., they're solid defensively. They're solid in the midfield. But the big question is going to be a goalkeeper and up top. Um, And Jurgen Klinsmann not... Not sticking his head up his ass and looking and figuring (laughs) out, who who do I sub in now? Um... Yeah, they, it looks like it's, they're going to start Brad Guzan. Had a horrible year at Aston Villa with with the rest of Aston Villa. Um, <laughs> Tim Howard, who is looking like his international career is coming to an end with how poorly things have gone for him at Everton and his club career. And then you have the third guy who actually I think may be the most in form out of all three goalkeepers with Ethan Horvath uh, over at Mo- Mold. 
Molde. Molde. That's in Sweden, I believe, correct? I believe so. Yes, I believe that's correct. But he's a young 21, 20, 21 year old keeper who I think he might be the guy really to watch out of that group uh, with both of those keepers really struggling. Up top, I mean, you're talking about some major question marks. You got Clint Dempsey, who is obviously over the hill, Chris Wondolowski, who is. Probably old as shit. Old as shit and one of, the biggest, one of the biggest goats in the history of the U.S. soccer program. Well, well, he's never been any good because he played his entire career in MLS, and <laughs> you don't improve that way. I'm sorry. That's that's ML- yeah, and he missed MLS the, problem. We'll do another MLS show he missed, soon, missed I promise. winning goal against, uh, against Belgium in the last World Cup. So I have major questions against him. Uh, Gaisi Zardes, who's probably going to play more out wide than anything else. So I don't really necessarily look at him as a guy who's going to provide a ton of goals. And then Bobby Wood, who just recently moved over to Hamburg uh, in Germany. So maybe he's the guy. Maybe he can provide some goals. I think the really the player to watch for the U.S. is going to be Christian Pulsic out of Borussia Dortmund. He's been playing 17 years of age, playing out wide for them, has been really, really solid. However, he needs somebody to be able to put that ball on their foot. Uh, when it comes to Colombia, I mean, all-star roster, probably the best overall talent that you have within the group. Uh, they're going to probably have their starting goalkeeper, David Ospina, who plays for Arsenal. Uh, defensively, Christian Zapata out of AC Milan. Um, Jason Marillo? Jason Derulo? Jason, Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> Young uh, defender from uh, Inter Milan. Uh, so they got a pretty solid D in the, in the back there. They've uh, got a D. <laughs> they've got a. Carl, you have to pull that one. They've got a pretty. So not so long. They've got a pretty solid D in the back. I don't know what time it is. Use that. Use that for off the wagon. I, I give you permission to use those rights. Right. <laughs> they've got um, a solid D in the back. That might be the best. <laughs> off the pitch quote of all time. Midfield, two world class <laughs> guys in uh, Hamas Rodriguez and Juan Cuadrado. Uh, both of those guys, very, very high end players. Uh, and then, in terms of what you have in front, you have Carlos Baca from AC Milan. So, really, really solid team, top to bottom. Costa Rica, I mean, we know what they what they are with uh, Kaylor Navas in goal. you got a couple of good talents uh, defensively with Brian Aviedo of Everton playing in the fullback position. Um, interestingly enough, no Jose Goncalves really? named to this team. Yeah, he was left out. He might be injured. Christian Gamboa from West Brom, pretty solid uh, defender there. But uh, defensively, they got some question marks, I think, outside of Aviedo. Uh, midfield, Brian Ruiz, uh, a guy who has been a big part of their team over the years. Um, what can he be for them? Joel Campbell out wide um, for Arsenal. We'll see if he can do anything here. But I don't think this is – looking at Costa Rica, I don't think this is the team that they had in the 2014 World Cup. I think this is a team that can be knocked out, and I think the U.S. has a good opportunity to take care of them there. Uh, Paraguay, I mean, really, when you look around at this team, I mean, not a lot of names. I mean, Juan Aturbe – from Paraguay, um, he's Paraguay's a, been on the up, but they but they, they just don't. Like I said, this this is my group of death. I think any other group, they might have a chance to sneak one. Yeah, they're sneaky good on good teams who sit on them. The problem is you got three good teams who can't afford to sit on Paraguay yeah. because they're all going to be playing each other too. Juan Aturbe is probably the biggest name that I think they have outside of maybe Roque Santa Cruz, but. Ultimately, I think I don't think this is a great Paraguay team either. So ultimately, like I said, Colombia probably the solid team, solid choice to go with there, followed by the U.S. because they're at home. Already golden. You're keeping track of these right before we move on. Yep. Okay, golden. Group B. Carl, we're going to start with you. 
Uh, I think this one should be simple, at least for first place. First place is going to be a very simple. So I'm going to go. Can we the, get this out of the way right now? We'll wait for Brazil talk for a little bit later in the show, but we're all taking Brazil out of this group coming in first, correct? Yes. Safe. Okay. Safe. Golden. So who's your number two then? Uh, probably Ecuador. Ecuador? Yeah. I like the Ecuadorial pick. Pelly's still running. Do I mean help you? <laughs> Pelly's still running. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just picking him just because when I've seen him for for the world for the World Cup, it's you know I was impressed for what I saw. Well, you're a genius. Uh, <laughs> I'll again copy what uh, what Uh-oh. Carl said. Um, Brazil, I think by far the best team that you have within this. Probably knows you have the beginner's luck, so he's just going to copy <laughs> the whole way. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Until the final. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, by far the best team in this group. I think this is the easiest group, I think, out of all three. Uh, or, I'm sorry, all four. Um, keeper, I mean, really no one of name there. Maybe Diego Alves at, uh, at Valencia. Defensively, very, very strong. Dani Alves, uh, Felipe Luis, Douglas Santos, uh, Miranda... Marquinhos, I mean, just name upon name. Midfield, Luis Gustavo, uh, Casmiro, Rafina, Renato Augusto, Philippe Cortinho, Will, Willian, Kaká, uh, and then up front you got uh, Hulk and Gabriel. I mean, we're not talking about the world's best Brazilian team of all time, but we are talking about a Brazilian team that is quite talented and should be able to take care of this group pretty handily. Uh, Ecuador, I think, is kind of an interesting team. Um, you take a look at, at their roster. You have a couple of guys, and I'm trying to find Antonio Valencia, probably the biggest name that I think you have out there. Jefferson Montaro with Sw- uh, Swansea. Enter Valencia from West Ham, which is probably why uh, Carl picked them. Uh, but you do have a few names in here of guys that are, are very, very effective players, mostly in the midfield and attacking areas. So I think Ecuador is going to be a pretty tough out. Haiti might be the worst team um, in the tournament. In, in the tournament, <laughs> if not very, very close. Uh, they've got a few guys from the uh, U.S. Was, the U.S. P.A.L. The, the no. U.S.L. The United. No, the U.S.P.L. The United States Professional. The USPSL, the United States Professional Soccer League. Yeah, whatever the hell it is. But um, <laughs> I believe that's Division Three for all of you American soccer fans. Yeah, you've you've got a few guys that just really are, they're going to be playing well above their heads in this one. <laughs> um, but it's nice to see them there. I think that's you know that's a team for me that you know it is nice to see them in a, in a major tournament like this that they qualify. They're going to get an opportunity to play against some of the world's best, and maybe this is something that they can possibly take away. Um, you know, some type of growth out of this. So. Neymar scored 15 <laughs> goals on me. <laughs> Neymar's not in the tournament. Uh, Peru is is probably the only one that I would say may have an opportunity to get through. Um, but unfortunately, you look at that team, and, and there's still you know a lot of unrecognizable names, uh, a lot of a lot of players who play in Peru or in South America in some of the leagues that aren't quite as good as what you'd get over in uh, over in Europe. So. Unfortunately, I think this one was pretty easy to call. Alrighty, so for uh, radio listening's sake, I'm going to have the same, but instead of just copying what you guys said, since we have the same group, the tiebreaker for the group is what is the final score of the Brazil-Haiti game? Go ahead, Carl. Uh, Brazil-Haiti? Yes. Jesus. Uh, 3-0. 3-0? 6-0. 13-1. Um, and with that, Brazil does play in Foxborough in that group. That's going to be the first. No, I believe that's the second game at Gillette. 
on June 12th. They will be playing Brazil. Brazil will not be playing Brazil. Brazil will be playing Peru. I did. Did you pip? Oh, oh, I pipped, my man. I pipped. I fipped. I fipped. Farted in my pants. Alrighty. Groups. (laughs) God damn it. Group C is a very interesting group, too. Um, They've got a crap team in Jamaica. Um but, but but it's Pelly's pick. I'm not gonna go yet. They right, got a crap. Well, thanks, they, they've got a crap team in Jamaica, Mexico, Uruguay, and Venezuela is a pretty decent team amongst themselves. So Pelly, you lead this one off. Uh, who do you have going through? I'm worried about Mexico's defense. I don't think they're very good defensively. Um, Guillermo Ochoa was saving them uh, come last World Cup, and now when you take a look at their defense, I mean they're even more. Uh, entrenched with a guy like Rafael Marquez, who is like 40-something years old now. You know, they've got a handful of guys that I think are really going to have to prove themselves in this tournament defensively if they want to have a chance to get through. Midfield, you are looking at some very solid names with a guy like Andres uh, Guardado, a guy over at PSV who's had a pretty solid career and seems to always play very, very well when it comes to the international stage. Javier Hernandez, still one of the great uh, poaching goal scorers in the world, in my opinion. Um, so they're still always, you know, a threat to be able to make something happen. Um, Jamaica, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how deep we want to get into them. Uh, they do have how some deep candy can. <laughs> good D, good solid D, <laughs> good good solid D, in um, the good solid D in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> they're good in the back. Um, they do have some names. I mean, a couple of MLS guys. Uh, they do have Wes Morgan, who won the Premiership this year as a starting uh, central defender for them. Um, so he's going to be obviously a ton of pressure on him to, to make things happen. Javon Watson in the midfield, who plays uh, right fullback for the New England Revolution. He will also be a part of that team. Uh, but outside of that, it's a pretty big group of no-names uh, in terms of the casual fan watching them. I don't think Jamaica really has enough to be able to push through in this group. Um, it doesn't smell that bad. Don't wave at me, dude. <laughs> after, after that, you have Uruguay, who is a, in terms of talent, probably right on par with what you have in Brazil, possibly what you have in Argentina. I think this is one of the favorites in the entire tournament to possibly win with Fernando Musolera out of uh, Galatasaray right, being their keeper. He's been fantastic for them over the years. Uh, Diego Godin, who is coming off of a Champions League final. Um, uh, Max uh, Perea over at uh, Porto playing off the right side as a right fullback. Um, and then you move into the midfield, and the names get even better. Gaston Ramirez, who plays for Middlesbrough. That was what I was looking for. Uh, Chris, oh, Chris Sean, I, I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to get my thing going here. Christian Rodriguez. This is going to be a Middlesbrough show next year. Fuck Liverpool, fuck West Ham, fuck Arsenal. Might have to be. Um, <laughs> but you have a pretty good group in the midfield. And then, obviously, the strength of this team is their attack. You have Edison Cavani, Luis Suarez, and Abel Hernandez, uh, all of which are very, very strong players. I will choose them to win the group, and I will take Mexico as the number two. Last but not least, you have Venezuela. And honestly, I mean, I look at their roster, and you really don't even have much to go off of there. Um, yeah, I don't even see one. Venezuela, I don't see one name to really talk about there. Venezuela's so. in a very tough spot here because talent-wise, they don't have it. Don't, the, don't start crying for no, us. No, 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 no. Talent-wise, they don't have it. Um, they play. Like I said, they're kind of similar to a Peru situation here where they're kind of screwed with good teams in their uh, group. Um, And I'm going to completely agree with you. Uruguay comes away with it and Mexico comes in second. And the only reason I'm rooting for that is because that brings my... um, No, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm swapping. I'm swapping. 
I'm taking Mexico to win the group and Uruguay to come in second because that makes the quarterfinal match held at Gillette. Argentina versus Uruguay. Um, we'll get to Group D. You'll know why Argentina goes through then. But uh, I, w- I want to see that. If that's a legitimate matchup, I get to see some of the players in the world that are the best players in the world that we don't get to see in America all that often. And like I said, they're coming to our doorstep. That will be the game if I go to a game. That will be the game that I pay top dollar and I go to. So I'm going to flop it. You had Mexico and Uruguay. Or uh, you had Uruguay-Mexico. I'm having Mexico-Uruguay, 1-2. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Jamaica, I guess. No. Um, well, it's, I was going to go Uruguay-Mexico, but in the spirit of competition, because I don't want Pelly and I to have the exact same bracket all the way through. Well, you can change it up once the knockout stages come. Yeah. yeah we that's true. different. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll fine. All right. Yeah. Then I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm going to go Uruguay to take it with Mexico coming in second. All right. Perfect. <clears throat> I lead off Group D. Oh, you, you always. lead off Group D. <laughs> you always lead off Group D. Group D. Argentina, Chile, Panama, Bolivia. Um, very easy group for Argentina. They should come through. And be that number one seed and give me my dream matchup of Argentina-Uruguay at Foxborough. Chile is no team to sleep on, though, in this group. Don't be surprised. I'm, I'm My reasoning for picking the last group is because I want that matchup at Foxborough. That's all I care about. So I'm picking Argentina-Chile. Um, my head tells me, though, that this is a Chile coming out party, and Chile wins a group. Argentina will obviously come in second. Panama and Bolivia are not are nowhere near the Chile and Argentina um, caliber of play, caliber of players. Um, but if I'm, I'm going with my heart and I'm saying Argentina-Chile, my head tells me, though, uh, Chile is, this is a Chile coming out party. Nice. Uh, I'm going. Bring Chile to the Chile coming out party too. By the way, <laughs> uh, I'm going Argentina Chile. I think I think that group's easy to to choose from. But I'm actually really excited to watch Argentina in in this whole tournament. Yep, well, I agree. Uh, the, well, real quick before we move on to Pelly too, you do have the other group stage game in Foxborough in this group. That's the Chile Bolivia game. Um, like I said, that's a, Chile's a good team to watch. We got very lucky here with a Brazil game. Chile, very, very underrated with a lot of good players on that team. That'll be a good 5-0 drumming from Chile to Bolivia. Yeah, I mean, you take a look again, going back to the rosters for Argentina. You know, you're talking Sergio Romero from Manchester United. Certainly a very solid keeper for them. Uh, Marcos Rojo, another Manchester United player, along with uh, Nicolas Otamendi, who played at Manchester City. Midfield, Javier Mascherano, Barcelona guy, uh, Sevilla's midfielder, Ever Benega, uh, Lucas Belia. Is Zabaleta back there on that right on that right back still? No. No, no he did not make the team. Really? Yes. Oh, that's something to watch. He might be playing in the um in the Olympics though. That might be where Oh, they, true, they true. Have, Fuck, we forgot about the Olympics. Uh, we need to have an Olympic show soon, too, by the way. Yeah. But we, uh, add that to the list of topics. Javier Pastore, uh, also in the group, or also in, in the team. 
uh, Eric Lamella from uh, Tottenham. Filthy. Angel De Maria, Ezekiel Levesi, Lionel Messi, Sergio Aguero, Gonzalo Higuain, and Nicholas Gatian. Why don't they just play 10 strikers and say, fuck it? Might as well. <laughs> uh, but they should score a ton of goals, especially in a group that I don't think there's a ton of great defensive talent. So they should have an opportunity to score a ton of goals and, and get through very, very easily. So obviously, Argentina number one. Chile, very solid team. I mean, you take a look at what they have defensively. Claudio Bravo, who is a uh, Barcelona backup keeper. Um, so, you know, you do have someone back there who knows what they're doing. Uh, Mauricio Isla from Marseille. He's going to be playing off of, I believe, the right side for the most part. Gary Medell, who plays for Inter, more of a midfielder than a defender, but he'll be playing defense for them. Uh, into the midfield, not a ton. Um, maybe the guy, only guy I would possibly mention out there is, uh, or actually I definitely would mention out there, is going to be Arturo Vidal uh, from Bayern Munich. Uh, certainly a very solid player there. Uh, and then up front, they do have some great talent, obviously, with Alexis Sanchez and Eduardo Vargas. Um, so you got a pretty pretty decent group uh, there. I think they take care of business, easily the number two team in this group. And then you're talking Panama. You look through their team, and I mean... They suck. They're going to be last in the group. And Bolivia sucks, too. Yeah, I can't... I can't Gabriel Torres from Zamora. All right, so this is a, on, this the is second group that I like, but... And then Bolivia has pretty much their entire squad made up of players who play in Bolivia. So take that, take, take that for as you <laughs> On the you one will. team in Bolivia? Yeah. <laughs> they Alrighty. So take this down, Pelly. We all went Argentina-Chile, correct? So we'll do a tiebreaker for this group, too. Um, the last one was well, the, the score of the... If we do it, um, teams who get to knock out, which will actually be the quarterfinals in this case, and then we mark points based off of... Um, semis, finals. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. I just don't want us to have the same group without anything on the line. It doesn't matter. Well, no. So the, here we go. Take this down for the group tiebreaker. I started the group, so I'll start. The game held at Gillette. Chile versus Bolivia. Uh, final score of that. I'm going to say a 2-0 win for Chile. For Chile and Bolivia? Yep. I'm going to go 2-1. 4-0. Obviously for Chile. Alright, so now that brings us. You have the groups. You have you taking care of this, right, Pelly? Yep. So quarterfinals. And we're gonna try to go through these quick because I think we're what how are we looking on time here? Okay, we're gonna go quick then. We've got the winner of group A for Carl versus the runner up for group B for Carl. We're gonna fire through these until we get to the final and we'll talk about why we think the teams will be in the final. Colombia versus Ecuador. And what do, what do I have? You know, you have Colombia versus oh, Ecuador. Colombia versus Ecuador. Uh, Colombia. Colombia? Alrighty. Pelly, what do you have? Uh, Colombia should take care of that pretty easily. I think Rod, between Hamas Rodriguez and the rest of the uh, firepower that you have in Colombia, easy win for them. Wait, the winner of Group A versus the runner-up in Group B is Colombia versus Ecuador? What did I have? You would have... The U.S. versus Ecuador. Oh, well, I'm going to take the U.S. Boom. The game in Foxborough. The winner of Group D. Argentina. We all had Argentina. Versus the runner-up of Group C. Pella, you go first. I'm sorry. That was the winner of Group C. against. Winner of D versus runner-up of C. So Argentina, Mexico. Um Quite simply put, Argentina. <laughs> I think Mexico's defense is not that good going into this tournament, and I think Argentina's attack is very good. So, pretty easy there. 
And what do I, I have? have oh, I have Argentina bad. Uruguay in that. I know that for a fact. Um, I'm going to say Uruguay pulls it out. I think. <laughs> I I I honestly think Uruguay pulls it out. Um, I think Argentina is the best offensive team in the world right now. Um, that didn't do them too much good in the last World Cup against Germany. Um, I have Uruguay going to the semis. Uh, I'm going to assume I have Argentina against Mexico too. Yep. Yeah. Correct. So I'm taking Argentina simply. Alrighty. Winner of Group B versus the runner up of Group A. Is that on me? Uh, sure, if you want to be. Yeah, I'll take it. Winner, my winner of Group B versus. Brazil, Costa Rica. Brazil. Uh, what, Brazil, America? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the scratch on that one. <laughs> Brazil. <laughs> Alrighty. Last quarterfinal matchup. Winner of Group C versus the runner-up of D. Who's starting that one? Carl. Uh, let's see. What? Uruguay, Chile. Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay. Uh, yeah, Uruguay. I will concur. All right. What do I have? I don't feel I won't have the Uruguay Chile. Mexico Chile. Chile. All right. All right, now we got the semifinals, and Pelly, I hope you're keeping good track of this because now I'm starting to lose it. The winner of match 25, which was the my first quarterfinal matchup, Winner versus second quarterfinal matchup winner for me. That'll be U.S. versus Uruguay. I I believe. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that we. I believe that we will. I believe that we will win. USA. Wow. Making it to the final. Making it to the USA final. USA making it to the final. Carl, you have Colombia, Argentina. Oh, that's simple. Argentina. Argentina. Makes two of us. Okay. Alrighty. Semifinal number two. So that would be the winner of quarterfinal three versus the winner of quarterfinal four. Pelle, you saw this one. You haven't started one in a while. Brazil versus Uruguay. I think Uruguay takes that. Really? Yep. I'll take them to make it to the final. Um, who do I have? I'm all messed up now. You will have Brazil, Chile. Ooh, I really want to pick Chile, but I'm gonna use my head and say Brazil. I know I almost picked. Uh, I almost picked Chile earlier. You have uh, Brazil, Uruguay. Me? Oh God, Brazil! All right. all right, that leaves us the finals. I'll let Carl lead it off. Good news is we none of us have the same final. Okay, good, 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 good. good. Uh, Argentina, Brazil, right? Argentina, Brussel. Brussel. Uh, I'm taking Argentina. For the whole thing. I'm going to go Uruguay. You're going to go Uruguay? Really? Yep. I think they're going to shock the world. I think we're going to see Luis Suarez have uh, have a moment. And uh, I think uh, they, they pull it off here. All right, Golden. I've got Brazil, USA. 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 I believe that we will lose. <laughs> <laughs> and by a lot, I'm going to pick Brazil to win the whole thing. All right, oh. we have three different winners. Ar- we have three Argentina, winners? Brazil, and Uruguay. To Perfect. be to be completely Perfect. honest, I want... Score uh, in the final? Oh. 
score of the final? Wait, my final is Brazil versus USA. Yeah, twenty three to six. <laughs> okay, uh, J- uh, Carl, Jesus. Argentina, Brazil. Yeah, um, I think I think Brazil. That choked. could be a legit. Uh, I honestly think, and I'm I'm doing this just because I, I've been picking fucking Chuck the and Jesus. Uh, I've been picking Chuck the entire time. Um, I think that Brazil is going to choke. I think they're going to choke hard. So I'm going to go like four 0 Oh really? That's gonna be a high scoring game. If that's the final, that's gonna be a high scoring game. I'm gonna go three two. Three two uh Uruguay over Argentina. We're not gonna take a crack at the third place game unless it's really close the week of the final. Then we'll make our third place game pick. But we have it written down. We do. Um Carl has Argentina. I believe Pelly has Uruguay. Yes. JP has Brazil. Brazil. This is going to be a good Copa de America. I, the Centenario, I think, is going to be the best one in the past 100 years, in all honesty. Um, what time are the games normally? Um, it's in America, so they're all going to be 7 to 9 o'clock games, 7 to 10 o'clock games. We will be able to watch them all, which is going to be... Well, next week we get to the Euro... Uh, when we get to the Euros, the yep. problem with them is they're all 2.45, 3 o'clock games. Right. Tough for us to catch out of work. But the good thing about this you tournament... Guys. Yep, the good thing about this tournament is all the games will be right in primetime television for us. Uh, like I said, if you're in Massachusetts, we've got three great games coming to Gillette. Um, we're going to try to make it out to one. If we do, we'll let you know. Yep. Maybe we can meet up with all the fans and everything. Um, anything, Copa de America, let us know through the entire tournament at OTP Soccer Talk. Let us know who your favorite team is, who your least favorite team is, who had the best goal and who had the dumbest play. Um, we've got to go. Uh, we've run a little late today. We got another show to do, which will be directly above this on off the wagon. Below, du- this will be directly below off the wagon. Off the wagon, which we're about to record and go live on now. Yes, you can't hear it live if you're listening to this because this isn't live. Yada yada yada. We give you that sh- same spiel every time. Um, but yep, Car- Pelly, what do we have this week for uh, off the wagon? Short show. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's gone on with the Boston Celtics. Um, just extended the contracts of Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. Oh, that's right. Obviously, the NBA draft coming up. Uh, possibly some Bruins. I don't know if you want to get too we crazy do, with them. We can do some Bruins. But uh, a little bit about the Bruins, their offseason, what they've gone through so far. And then the Red Sox. Red Hot Red Sox. It seems to be the uh, the theme of the early season for them. Oh, yeah. All right, going one more time. The guy over here on the DJ board, that's Carl Badger. He's your West Ham fan. The guy to my right is your Liverpool fanatic, Zach Pelloquin. And I'm your Arsenal gooner, J.P. Chouinard. Thank you very much. Listen next week and enjoy your week of football.